You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Built by Bama online podcast presents Daybreak for Monday, June the 8th, 2020. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BOL, with you here on Daybreak three times per week, Monday morning. Wednesday morning and Friday morning. Pretty low-key weekend we're coming off of here in West Central Alabama. Looks like we're going to get a soggy start to the week. Perhaps the effects, I guess, from the tropical storm Cristobal that impacted the Gulf Coast here in the last 18 hours or so down there south of Louisiana. Otherwise, a muggy, summery weekend here in Town. I kept that back deck working. I had that grill going all weekend pretty much. Started out with some wings and burgers on Friday, then transitioned into some steaks on Saturday night. Yes, it was a pretty good time, pretty low-key. Not much in the way of TV sports, once again, for us, right? And I didn't really get into the UFC on Saturday night. Didn't really get into NASCAR, which was in Atlanta over the weekend. But, But a silver lining for us pro golf tour fans. It's here. It's returned. The PGA Tour comes back this week out in Fort Worth, Texas, the Colonial. How about these television groupings for you coming up starting on Thursday? Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, and Brooks Kepka. Then you're going to have Ricky Fowler, Jordan Spieth, and former University of Alabama star Justin Thomas. You're going to have Brandon DeChambeau, Dustin Johnson, and Justin Rose. That's not bad. That's some almost major tour, major championship-like groupings there for PGA Tour Golf, which will get underway again coming up a little bit later in the week. No galleries, no galleries, but we'll have television content of golf this week. I did get out on Sunday, kind of gotten into this routine of doing a little walk around the University of Alabama campus and It's really, if there's a sort of silver lining to everything we've dealt with over the last three months or so with this coronavirus pandemic, it's the accessibility you've got to the UA campus if you live in Tuscaloosa these days. And without any in the way of foot or automobile traffic, I got to tell you, the campus, she's as beautiful as she's ever been. So we got out Sunday around midday, just sort of wandered around a little bit in the quad area and the perimeter there. And so much construction still going on. I know we equate it mostly to Bryant-Denny Stadium and maybe over at the Malmore Athletic Facility with the Sports Science Center going in. But you've got Houston Hall that's going in now over at the uh, Culver House School of Business. Going to be a fabulous building there. Going to have classrooms in there. You're going to have uh, administrative offices in Houston Hall. And then you get over to Bryant-Denny Stadium. Just kind of keep walking down through there. And you come up on that north end zone where the new tunnel is going in that's going to go underneath kind of the the north zone. Going to have that direct access there on the Walk of Champions. Kind of check that out. There wasn't as much activity in terms of work going on on Sunday, but still, still signs of progress being made there with the extreme enhancement, we'll call it, the Bryant-Denny Stadium. Tutwiler Hall, you got a new Tutwiler going in, a much-needed new Tutwiler Hall that is going in. you got condos that are still going up to the west of Bryant-Denny Stadium. Right now, Bryant-Denny 
sort of sits in this triangular section of cranes. There's just cranes down there. Whether it's Houston Hall, whether it's Tutwiler, whether it's the condos, got all that stuff going on right now. Now, later in the afternoon on Sunday, you had a peaceful protest in support of the Black Lives Matters movement. That happened downtown there at Government Square, right there in the center of downtown Tuscaloosa. We talked about this on last Monday's Daybreak. We were probably one of the first podcasts or programs or outlets that brought up the topic of with teams, with athletic departments, getting student athletes back involved, coaches, administrators. You would likely see a good bit of support from ADs around the country, and that's been the case for sure here in the last week, whether it's South Carolina, whether it's Tennessee, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. You saw Gus Malzahn and the Auburn football team out and about uh, in Auburn on Sunday, and you saw some representation for the University of Alabama Sunday as well. Most notably, Greg Byrne, athletic director, and Nate Oates, the men's basketball coach. Probably the biggest positive, well, one of the biggest positives anyway, from yesterday's event in downtown Tuscaloosa was that voter registration was set up, and there was also an opportunity to complete the 2020 census, which you know we all need to do that. The census, folks, takes about... Two minutes total. You can do it online. You need to do it. It'll impact your respective area a good bit. Also on Sunday, if you had it locked to BamaOnline.com, which we know you should, you picked up a really interesting recruiting nugget from BOL site publisher Tim Watts in relation to J.C. Latham, a six foot six, three hundred and five pound offensive tackle from IMG Academy down in Bradenton, Florida, five star offensive tackle J.C. Latham, the number one player at his position for the twenty twenty one recruiting cycle, according to twenty four seven Sports dot com. Alabama has had a good track record. Down there at IMG, right? Bo Scarborough, Dylan Moses, Evan Neal, Trey Sanders. You got Charles Huff working down there now as the primary recruiter at IMG. Huff also working down in South Florida, Broward and Dade County. So uh, I thought it was very interesting because, as Tim noted in the update, and I'm not going to give it all away, you can still go check it out right there at BOL. The common held belief has been more along the lines with Ohio State in regards to J.C. Latham. But that could be changing. That could be changing. And for all the details on that, you can still check out that update once again from Tim Watts right there at BOL. Something else we've talked a good bit about, obviously, here in the last few weeks and months, for that matter, the coronavirus. And we've warned our listeners, we've warned our readers at BamaOnline.com, prepare yourself for positive test. Obviously, in the last few days, we've covered that extensively in relation to the Alabama football team. And then you saw it here in the last day or so at Auburn, as reportedly three Auburn Tigers have tested positive for the coronavirus. Now, apparently, those three players, according to the reports, were all asymptomatic. They will enter quarantine in a separate housing facility, and they'll go from there. They'll follow the protocol that we've outlined both here on the podcast and right there at BamaOnline.com. It leads me to wonder, though, if you're asymptomatic, you're not sick, 
what are you going to do for two weeks in quarantine? I mean, are these young people really just going to sit around in a dorm room for two weeks and play Call of Duty? Maybe. Maybe that's going to be part of it. But I got to think in some situations, some instances, you're at least going to have some airdyne bikes in those dorms, aren't you? A little cardio work. I mean, if we're not talking about folks that are sick. All right, when we come back on a Monday edition of Daybreak, part of the Built by Bama online podcast, we are going to set an over-under for rushing yards per game for the Alabama Crimson Tide in 2020. A lot of factors go into setting that number. Obviously, you've got some change at quarterback. You've got a very talented offensive line coming back. As an extension of that offensive line, you've got some experienced tight ends, not to mention a grad transfer joining that mix and Carl Tucker from the University of North Carolina. Najee Harris coming off a big season, a talented and deep stable of running backs to work with. We'll do that when daybreak. Part of the Built by Bama online podcast returns right after this. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, we're back on a Monday edition of Daybreak, part of the Built by Bama online podcast. Now we're going to get into setting an over-under, a total, as they call it out in the desert, for a rushing average per game for the Alabama Crimson Tide during the 2020 season. Before we look ahead, let's take a look back. Let's look at the 2019 season for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Alabama with 2,191 rushing yards over the course of a 13-game season. That came out to 168.5 yards per contest, 33.5 rushing attempts per game, the 168 and a half, a Saban era low since his very first year as head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide. The 33 and a half rushing attempts, a Saban era low period. Alabama did average five yards per carry a season ago, 27 rushing touchdown. Now, Najee Harris was actually well above the team average in just about every category. His 1,224 rushing yards were more than half of Alabama's rushing output for the season, and his 13 rushing touchdowns were right at the halfway mark of Alabama's 27 touchdowns scored on the ground a season ago. He had the most carries on the team by a good bit, and still, despite that, Najee Harris averaged nearly a full yard more than the team yard per carry average, right around 5.96 yards per carry. And while, again, we're talking about some historic lows in terms of yardage output and attempts, the threat of the run was still there enough to help Alabama set up all of those quick throws off RPO action that went for big plays and a lot of passing yards. Again, the passing game still benefited from at least the threat. Of what about two years ago? What about 2018, you ask? Well, two seasons ago, Alabama averaged nearly 30 
more yards per game on the ground. 198 rushing yards per game in 2018. Did it on about only four and a half more attempts per game over the course of a 15-game schedule. So had two more games, 33 rushing touchdowns two years ago for Alabama. And you had that three-headed monster of Damian Harris, Najee Harris, and Josh Jacobs. Now, what you didn't have as much of a year ago were the explosive runs. Najee gave you plenty of the 10 to 20-yard type ripoffs and runs, and that's how he really kept his yards per carry as high as he did. He tied for the SEC lead in runs of 10 yards or more, finishing with 46, but Najee Harris only had two runs of 30 yards or more and none of 40 or more a season ago. His longest carry on the season, 31 yards. Now, considering that these backs, Najee Harris and the rest of this stable, will be working behind one of the nation's top offensive lines, is it in the area of explosive plays where Trey Sanders or another UA back could help pick up the slack? How about Keelan Robinson? This is a guy we don't talk about, despite the fact that he had the longest run by a running back for Alabama a year ago by a full 37 yards. His 74-yarder against New Mexico State doubled up 37-yarders by Jerome Ford and Brian Robinson. In addition to what the threat of the run does and has done for the passing game over the last couple of years, you also have to factor in the passing game to the backs as an extension of the run game. Najee Harris, very good a year ago, as we know, in that department. If you put his receiving yards from a year ago and his receiving touchdowns with his rushing totals, you're looking at over 1,500 yards from scrimmage and 20 total touchdowns. So you add it all up, and it's 20 scores on 236 offensive touches for Najee Harris a year ago between 209 carries and 27 receptions. You're at a score once every 12 times Najee Harris touched the football a season ago. If you would like a comparison, how about Clyde Edwards-Alar of LSU? A tremendous season in which Edwards-Alar cashed in as a first-round pick by the Kansas City Chiefs back in late April. Well, Clyde Edwards-Alar in 2019, 17 total touchdowns on 270 touches. That's a touchdown once every 16 times Clyde Edwards-Alar touched the football a season ago. Not quite up to snuff with what Najee Harris produced. With those numbers in mind, here's thinking you could live with that type of efficiency if that's what you get from Najee Harris for a second straight season as the primary option at running. If anything, you want to see touchdown conversion rate in the red zone go up. UA's rate there in conference play a season ago ranked eighth in the Southeastern Conference. That needs to improve. You would also like to see, if you're an Alabama fan, the Crimson Tide carry over the fashion in which it finished the Citrus Bowl win over Michigan when it bludgeoned the Wolverines with Harris on an emasculating drive to close that 35-16 victory out. Got to consider the schedule here, too, when thinking about numbers like rushing yards per game. You look at it from that perspective, South Carolina goes off the schedule as Alabama's SEC Eastern Division rotational opponent. On comes Georgia with a front seven that should rank among the very best in all of college football. 
Meanwhile, LSU and Auburn have some pieces to replace. Same can be said for Tennessee, although the Vols do return an outstanding young linebacker in Henry Toa Toa. Texas A&M could be salty. With all but one starter returning in the Aggies' front seven from a year ago, that one piece that is moving on, however, a big one in Justin Matabuke, the disruptive defensive tackle. Ultimately, I don't think this is going to be a return to, say, the 2016 and 2017 seasons when Alabama averaged nearly 250 rushing yards per game. Over those two seasons, you don't have the quarterback element in the run game like you did with Jalen Hurts in those two seasons. And you're looking at between the quarterback and the running backs, 10 more rushing attempts per game in 16 and 17 than you saw from Alabama a year ago. And not just in terms of runs or plays that went as runs in the statistical columns, but what about the Jet Sweep game in 2016 and 2017? You had guys like Ardarius Stewart, Calvin Ridley, essentially taking you know shovel passes that were runs and turning them into passing yards. In other words, those teams were built in a different way. They were built more specific to a run game. So considering all the factors involved, and you still have to consider a passing attack that is expected to be explosive once again with Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, you're going to have a capable quarterback situation regardless of how all that plays out. There will be an expectation that a third wide receiver, perhaps a fourth as well, will emerge. So you're not going back to sort of pre-Tua football altogether. There is still going to be an element of explosive plays in the passing game that Nick Saban and Steve Sarkeesian aren't going to look away from just for the sake of running the football. So with all that said, the offensive line, Najee Harris, the depth at running back, will set the over-under at 198.5 yards per game, which is essentially what the 2018 offense produced. And really, the thinking there has as much to do with rush attempts per game than anything, with the likelihood of Alabama getting back up to around 40 carries per game. 198.5 sounds, well, about right. Who you got? That's going to do it for a Monday edition of Daybreak here on the Built by Bama online podcast. Thanks to you once again for tuning in. If you haven't already, please consider a subscription to the Built by Bama online podcast. Leave us a rating and a review while you're there. We would certainly appreciate it. Travis Ryer, thanking you once again. Have a great rest of your Monday, everybody. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. You never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.